morning. It is about uh, nine o'clock and I am sitting at my desk. Got some notes prepared. I've got the, uh, I wish you could see uh, what I see right now. I've got um, Instagram over here. I've got my Facebook in the middle and I got Zoom right here. And so um, this is going to be my first uh, live uh, broadcast from Springbrook. <laughs> so this is kind of a test. Um, it kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Um, it's funny because any idiot with a cell phone um, can do what I'm doing right now. <laughs> so, so it's kind of a it's kind of a scary thought. Um, sometimes I look at what get post what gets posted on the internet, and uh, you know you got people running around during this crisis and they're filming things with their cell phone. And my first thought is always, well, why aren't you helping? Why are you why are you videoing this? And so I realized that um, anybody with a cell phone can do what we're doing. And so it's not that complicated. I guess the, uh, you know, the question is, is what is the uh, message? What's the content going to be that you're sharing? Uh, I would say that the majority of what gets shared out there is not good. <laughs> so, and so, um, yeah, so this morning we're just going to kind of, we're going to use technology to, uh, to redeem uh, a tragic uh, situation going on in our community. And so, uh, uh, I would just like to ask you to uh, to pray with me um, as we uh, prepare to uh, just to be together. Um, everybody's on mute right now, uh, and so um, I didn't want to get any cross chatter going on. So I encourage you to be praying uh, for me, for our church, uh, for our community, and for our nation as we move through this uh, uh, this um, questionable time, uh, especially with regard to making decisions. We will make wise decisions as well. So, but uh, let's lift our time up uh, to the Lord, and then uh, we'll jump in here. Speaker, stop it. Dave, given us today. I thank you for the hope um, that we have in Christ. God, I thank you for your call in our life. And I just thank you that, in spite of our circumstances, um, God, that um, that you are God and that you are in control. There is uh, nothing uh, that transpires uh, in our lives that you are surprised by. God, it is unmuted. You hold everything in the balance. Uh, this is what it would look like if it's uh, mute. It is ever present. And so, God, we just trust you um, with our lives. Our no. That's mute. As relates to the uh, coronavirus. And, uh, but, God, I just want to thank you for this uh, ministry you've entrusted to our care. And, God, we lift our time up to you. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I have to tell you, um, this this little project right here makes me more nervous uh, than when I step out on the stage and look at a whole bunch of people. <laughs> so, so right now I can see on our Facebook Live. And so it's encouraging to see how many people are engaging. I wish I could take mute off and that we could just I'm gonna close the conversation. This. I'm going to close the meeting. With everybody, um, to this, uh, you know, to this I'm going to leave the meeting. Here. But uh, just in the interest of time, uh, we want to just uh, make sure that uh, I can communicate with you um, with some clarity, some things that are happening in our church, uh, in our ministry, and uh, share an encouraging from the remote with you from Scripture this morning. And I have to tell you, as I was preparing for this, uh, when I started thinking about nervousness, I was thinking about, I was thinking about good friend Ben Tumor Herwin, um, who is a uh, pastor in the uh, country of Uganda. Um, John Pushbaraj and I were on a missions trip uh, in Uganda. And uh, we arrived in Kampala, and we were driving down uh, to his village uh, on a bus um, to do some ministry with him there. And it was a 10-hour bus ride. And so we got on this bus, and there was no room on the bus. 
And uh, so we crammed in and then somehow or another got us on the front row of the bus. We're in the front row. This bus is packed. And so uh, we get in, the door closes, and we start driving. And we are not on the road five or ten minutes. And um, Ben looks over at me and says, okay, are you ready to preach? And I said, what do you mean am I ready to preach? Yeah, I'm thinking about my notes. And so, you know, I've got a couple hours on the bus ride. Um, yeah, so I know what I'm going to do when we get there. And he said, no, are you ready to preach right now? Um, we're we're going to preach on this bus. And so I looked over at John. I looked back at Ben. And sure enough, Ben, with all seriousness, says, uh, we're going to preach to the crowd on this bus on the way down there just to warm up. Uh, for when we get down to uh, my hometown. And so Ben stands up in the middle of this bus and uh, introduces himself, and uh, everybody gets quiet. And then he looks at me, and he introduces me, and he introduces John, and then he says, okay, now we're going to share a word with you from the Bible, an encouraging word. And so he sits down. And so I'm sitting there. <laughs> I stand up, and I look at this busload of people, and I'm not kidding you. I just had to <laughs> – that's that was prayer right there. And, uh, man, I just had to pray that God would give me some clarity. I shared some things uh, that I was going to be prepared to share when I got to his hometown. But I will never forget um, how nervous I was about turning around and facing those people on the bus. And uh, it was a great experience uh, for me and for John. It was a memory I think that I will carry with me till I go to the grave um, was the fact that I actually preached on a bus uh, in Uganda. Uh, and uh, but it was really nervous. That's kind of how I feel right now. I feel like this is uh, you know the first time I've done something like this. Uh, so there's a few nerves that go with it. Um, you know I think that we made the announcement um, yesterday about canceling our services, and um, I think it was uh, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, going into the weekend, um, I was prepared for having services. Uh, there were some things that changed Friday, and um, it was interesting as we were moving through the week. Uh, how many people were encouraging us on social media, just with text and phone calls. We are so glad that you are meeting Sunday and that you're not, you're not afraid uh, of this virus and that you're trusting God. And so I was really getting some encouragement from people as we were moving towards Sunday, uh, which in my thinking really wasn't a motivator for whether or not we were going to do the services, but you know, it was feedback that I was getting. And, uh, and then there were people that were talking to me about um, the irresponsibility of meeting don't you know what this virus is and how you know how important it is to stay away from people and if there's an outbreak and and you're responsible for it how are you gonna feel about that and so we were getting encouragement and we were getting um you know people that were kind of hostile towards us about having services on sunday and then um when we finally made the decision um to not do services on sunday and that's a larger explanation i posted a video on that earlier um, I feel like that was something that God led us and our elder board to do. We made the decision not um, to host services. And it was so funny because the tables flipped. All of a sudden, we had people that were looking forward to the service going, I can't believe that you're in fear. <laughs> and on social media, uh, I actually had somebody I interacted with that um, had questioned um, whether or not we were a Christian church because we were not holding services uh, in spite of what was going on in our community. And so we had people that uh, all of a sudden the tides flipped and we had people that were, um, you know, upset with us for not meeting. And then we had several people that were encouraging us uh, for not meeting, thinking it's the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, that's something I had to wrestle through. Um, even if we cancel service, as I was really struggling with whether or not to do uh, a live stream service, um, to be honest with you, I'm doing something right now um, that I'm not comfortable with. I don't know from a ministry perspective what that would even look like. Um, and so I know that there's something about who we are when we come together um, that's really important. Um, we are a part of a conference of churches that is being intentional 
about reaching their community for Christ, uh, for strengthening churches, and we are ascending mission. And so we are being intentional about raising up pastors and leaders to start healthy churches. And so I'm a firm believer uh, from a biblical perspective as I look through scripture about um, putting elder boards in place. I'm a, a firm believer that we need to be intentional about raising up the next generation of pastors. And so we are a church planting movement. And so I'm not quite sure where um, video broadcasting fits in uh, for this. And so, uh, but it kind of came together this morning. And so I thought, well, this will be a good time for us to um, at least encourage our people. You know, this would be a good opportunity for us to share with our community uh, some of what we're about at Springbrook. And um, I just want to, as we uh, prepare to get started, I want to give a shout out um, to all of our first responders, uh, to all of our emergency care workers uh, this morning. I've got some good friends uh, in law enforcement that are in fire, um, that work in local hospitals. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives, what's going on in our community. Um, those men and women uh, that serve our community um, are on the front lines uh, of uh, what we're going through right now. They don't have a choice. Um, I think that, uh, and that's why my heart uh, just is for our first responders and our emergency care workers. I'm a chaplain with Nationwide Chaplains. And that to me is, uh, it's not only a mission, but an opportunity for us to uh, support um, our first responders. And so a shout out to everyone that was working uh, last night, that's working today, that's going to get that call uh, for somebody at home um, that they have to engage with. And so um, I'm so grateful for our first responders and for the opportunity we have as a ministry um, to support them. So I have a couple of passages um, I wanted to share with you uh, this morning. And I would encourage you um, today, um, after uh, we get done with our time together this morning, um, you can spend some time looking at these passages. Um, if you've got a Bible at home, this is a great opportunity to get that thing out. Um, so I'll give you some passages to look at. You can spend some time looking at them on your own. Um, if you've got family or friends with you, you'll pull that Bible out and say, hey, this is what we did at Springbrook today and kind of share these uh, passages with them. Um, if you are in a small group next week and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do um, for meeting time, you can use these passages that we're going to look at to guide your discussion. Uh, Pastor Matt and I right now are putting together a plan um, in the event um, that this uh, outbreak has more of an impact on our community and in the event that we uh, cancel services again next week, um, uh, we want to get you some materials that can resource you um, in through your own personal time as well as any, any groups that you might be meeting in. Um, at this time, we are planning on having services next week. I think this is an opportunity for us to step back and assess, um, but our elder board will be meeting next week and we'll make some final decisions a little bit later. And I encourage you with these uh, three passages this morning. The first passage I want to share with you uh, comes from the book of Luke. Um, I know I'm pretty notorious. Uh, many times I will say, this is my favorite passage in the Bible. Um, I've got many passages that are favorite in the Bible. This is one of them, though. <laughs> so I share this in our starting point um, workshop. It's a great uh, conversation starter when I'm talking with people about small groups and uh, just in general from a, from a Bible study perspective, because it focuses us on who Christ is. Even in the midst of our trials and uncertainty, um, we know that um, that God loves us, he has a plan for us, and we know that Jesus is God, and that through our relationship with him, um, we can find um, the security that uh, many are looking for. So I want to share this passage with you uh, in the, uh, from the book of Luke, chapter 5. It's verses 20 through 24. Uh, if you're following along uh, using the New Version Bible app, or maybe you've got your Bible open, or you can look it up a little bit later. But really, it's about a miracle that Jesus will perform uh, for somebody that is um, lame, uh, can't walk, uh, paralyzed. 
And um, it's about a miracle. And I, I think that when you start talking about miracles today, there's a lot of confusion about what miracles are, about what healing is. In fact, there's a local church in our area um, that is meeting this morning. And uh, they're meeting because they have the confidence that even if they do get sick, God will heal them. Um, uh, and so I, I think that when we start talking about miracles and healing, um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what healing is you know, from our passage this morning that we're going to see uh, that Jesus is going to perform a miracle. He's going to heal somebody. Um, but it is with the express purpose of pointing uh, people to the reality of who he is. And so as I look through scripture, every miracle uh, that I find uh, that Jesus performs is with the intent uh, purpose of the express purpose of pointing people to the reality that he is who he claimed to be. And that's what we see in our miracle uh, this morning in Luke um, chapter 5. And so I want to read a couple of verses uh, with you, and then uh, we'll talk about this for just a moment. Being in Luke, Luke chapter 5, um, Jesus is with the first disciples. Um, he has uh, uh, started uh, working with and pressing towards crowds and um, he sees some of the disciples, and the disciples are afraid. There's a lot happening at the beginning of Luke as you move into chapter 5. Um, but as you move through chapter 5, um, you see that Jesus would um, do a miracle with the disciples. Um, he would uh, fill the boats with fish. Um, he starts to perform miracles for the disciples. And then we move into uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 12. Um, we see that people are starting to follow him around. The word's getting out about him. Um, while he's in one of the towns, there's a man who had leprosy all over him. He saw Jesus. He begged him to heal him. And Jesus says, um, I'm willing to make you clean. And so he heals a leper. So that's one of his first miracles. Uh, and then you, as you go into uh, verse 17, um, on one of the days while he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teacher of the law were sitting there. And they, have, they had come from every village uh, in Galilee and Judea, uh, from Jerusalem, to hear him. And the Lord's power uh, was with him. There were some men that came, and they, they, they brought a friend on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They tried to get him in um, to see Jesus, um, since they could not find a way uh, to get him to Jesus uh, because of this great cow crowd. They get on top of the building, they dig a hole, and they lower their friend down through the ceiling and drop him right by Jesus. And so if you can picture this scene, it would be as if I'm sitting here, all of a sudden you see the ceiling start to fall down on me, and... Um, you know, all of a sudden this guy just comes getting lowered down right in front of me and drops down here. That's what the scene is. And so they dig a hole in the ceiling. They drop him right by Jesus. And Jesus looks down at the man. And uh, he says this to him, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, why had these men brought their friend to Jesus? Was it for sins to be forgiven? That's not why they brought him here. Um, they wanted their friend to be healed. I mean, that's what Jesus was doing. He was performing miracles. They wanted his friend to be healed. And so they lured him down and Jesus looks at him and he does not say to him, oh, look at this great faith. I'm going to heal you. He looks down at the man and he says, your sins are forgiven. And then when the scribes and the Pharisees heard this, they began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? In other words, they understand that it's only God that can forgive sins. Jesus claimed to forgive sins. Therefore, he's making a claim to be God. Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, replies to them and says, Why are you thinking this way in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up from your mat and walk? So that you might know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralyzed man, 
get up, take your stretcher and go home. And the man stood up. And so, you know, one of the things I love about this passage is I talk to people all the time that say, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. That's exactly what he's doing in this passage. And so as I think about some of the things that are going on around us right now, one of the things that brings me stability, that gives me peace of mind, is that Jesus is who he claimed to be. Jesus is God. And as a result, I can find forgiveness for my sins. And so as I think about my life on this earth, as I think about God's plan for me, I know with certainty that because of who I am in Christ, I know where I'm going. Jesus may or may not heal me uh, from any ailments or illnesses that I might have. And, um, but it's important to know that uh, Jesus can do those things. But if he does do them, it's with the express purpose of pointing people to who he is uh, as God. It's a, with Miracles point people to Jesus Christ. And so I know a lot of times when we're praying for healing or we want a miracle done in our own life, it's because of some pain or trial that we're going through in our own life. Um, but that's not the proper perspective on why we seek God for healing. We should be seeking God for healing and restoration and miracles so that we can, in turn, point other people to who he is in Christ. And so I know that this is, can be a touchy subject, but as we go through uh, right now with people that um, are sick or as they start to get the virus, I think as you know people that are sick, as you're interacting with people around them, I want to encourage you to take that opportunity to encourage them that God does love them, that he does have a plan, and, and use that opportunity to talk to people about, about a relationship with Christ. I know that uh, many of you might be aware my wife was diagnosed with cancer about two years ago. Uh, the form of cancer that she has at about a 50% mortality rate. And so we um, have been diligently praying uh, that God would uh, lengthen her days. Uh, the Bible says that it's appointed uh, once for man to die. Our days are numbered. And so God knows uh, when each of us is going to stand before him. And so I've been praying along with my wife uh, that God would extend her days. Uh, but we also know um, that if it's uh, not God's will, that any one of us at any time uh, today uh, could go to be before the Lord. And so we live uh, on a day-to-day -day basis in the reality that um, every day is a gift. Um, but, you know, I can remember talking to somebody uh, at Springbrook, and they're no longer with us. And, but I can remember I was talking with them about this issue of faith. And I think one of the things that I was struggling with is, you know, I was being told that my wife had cancer as a result of my lack of faith where she wasn't being healed as a result of my lack of faith. And somehow or another in the, in, during our conversation, um, the fact that we get illnesses or that we're not getting well uh, was tied to our faith. And that is just clearly not what we find uh, in scripture. Um, if we are going through uh, um, tumultuous times, if we are trials going on in our lives, um, God is with us, God strengthens us, he sees us through it, um, but our lives are for the express purpose of bringing him glory. And so I know that that can be difficult, especially um, when we're in pain or suffering. Uh, but we know that um, God will give us the strength to get through it. Uh, we know that this world is not our home. And uh, we can look forward uh, with anticipation to that day that we stand before him in heaven. And it's all based on the reality that Jesus is who he claimed um, to be. And so I'd encourage you um, later today or in your small groups next week, or just maybe in your own personal devotion time, uh, that Luke chapter 5 uh, would be a good opportunity for you to uh, reflect on that and, and make sure that you're secure in understanding uh, who Jesus is. The second passage I wanted to share with you this morning uh, comes from Luke chapter 23. And um, it, again, is, is one of my favorites. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be talking, we're, we're, we're approaching Easter. And so it's one of those passages that we typically would have shared uh, on Good Friday. 
Uh, it's about the crucifixion, the death of Jesus. Um, and he is uh, right before he uh, dies, he's hanging on the cross. and He's got two thieves uh, that are hanging on the cross uh, next to him. And, um, and uh, as the story unfolds, um, there's a series of exchanges uh, with Jesus and the crowds as he's hanging on this cross. And I, I'm really hoping that we get to do our uh, Good Friday uh, service coming up in uh, April. Uh, Bethany and uh, the team and our staff have been working on our Good Friday service, and we're hoping we're going to be able to look at the last words of Jesus with you um, together. But in Luke chapter 23, um, Jesus is uh, hanging on the cross. There's criminals hanging on either side of him, and um, uh, one of the criminals uh, begins to hurl insults at, at Jesus. And so he's saying to Jesus, hey, aren't you the Messiah? You claim to be God. Aren't you the Messiah? Well, save yourself. Get yourself down from this cross. The other thief looking over at this thief that's rebuking Jesus says to him, don't you fear God? Since you're undergoing the same punishment, we are being punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things that we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then in uh, Luke 23, verse uh, 43, it says this, Jesus says to him, truly, truly, I say to you, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so Jesus, as God, has the ability to forgive sins. The man on the cross laying uh, uh, on the cross next to him knows that Jesus is God, uh, rebukes the other thief. Jesus, because of his faith, knowing that Jesus is God and has the ability to forgive sins, is in relationship with him and says, when you die, you're going to be with me immediately in paradise. You're not going to have to wait around. You're not going to be stuck in some intermediate area. You're, you're, there's, there's no purgatory. When you die, when you breathe your last day, you're going to be in my presence in heaven. You're going to be in paradise. Now, notice he didn't say, if you go to this church, you're going to be in paradise. Notice he didn't say, if you get baptized, you're going to be with me in paradise. Notice that he didn't say, if you go to church every Sunday, you're going to be with me in paradise. Jesus recognizes that he has faith, and that's his faith in him that gives him the assurance of salvation. And I know sometimes in our world today, especially in churches today, we can lose sight of that message. The church exists to help people to fully understand who Jesus is and how to have a relationship with them. That's why we exist at Springbrook. We want to reach this community for Christ. We want to build people up in their faith, and we want to make passionate followers of Christ. That's why the church exists. And so whether you are in the church pew on Sunday morning, whether you're sitting in our sanctuary on Sunday morning, whether you're listening to a message online, those things, in my mind, um, are secondary. We want to make sure that we are in God's word, that we're encouraging one another, and we are being effective witnesses uh, for him in our community, yes, especially as we encourage one another. I can tell you this, um, that even though I said that, I can tell you that right now, meeting together on a routine basis is important. <laughs> and so this is not a replacement for the church, because I guarantee you right now, if there was anybody there that was listening that had a need, that wanted somebody to bring them a meal or come pray with them, that this online live stream right now is not going to meet your need. Um, you can be encouraged by God's word. 
Um, but we are to love one another. We're to care for one another. We're to serve one another. And those things only happen in the larger body of Christ. When those first believers all made faith commitments and became Christians, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread. They met together in homes, but they also met in temple courts. And so our small group network is important uh, to us at Springbrook. In fact, it's my prayer that everyone at Springbrook would be involved in a small group because I know that's where lasting relationships are formed. I know that's where people grow the best uh, spiritually. But I also know that what happens on Sunday morning is critically important to who God has called us to be together as the local body of Christ. You see, the church is referred to as the body of Christ. This body is a tangible reflection of Jesus. And so when we come together, when we use our spiritual gifts to serve, to build up this body of Christ, the church is made stronger, God's glorified, and other people are drawn into a relationship with Christ. When people give their tithes and offerings, it enables us to do ministry, to be effective at reaching our community for Christ and making disciples. When people come in and they make steps of faith and they uh, make faith commitments, when they get baptized, when they join a small group, when they come to church on Sunday morning, those are all marks of spiritual disciplines. They're, they're just marks of, uh, of being a Christian, of being a Christ follower. It's interesting. This morning I got up this morning, I was shaving. I, I took my wedding ring off. I don't have my wedding ring on right now. And so I, I feel kind of naked. Uh, plus, it's a great illustration that I was going to use that I forgot. Um, but am I still married to my wife, um, even though I'm not wearing my wedding ring? I mean, of course I am, right? And if I put my ring on somebody else, does that make them married? No, it doesn't. But I entered into a covenant relationship with my wife before God and witnesses. And then that ring was a symbol, of that covenant relationship that I entered into. It doesn't make me married. It doesn't make me not married. And so that's what baptism is. And so baptism is a step of obedience. It's a mark of being in a covenant relationship with Christ. And so we encourage people to make you know, baptism commitment, you know, to get baptized. And you, and you need to do that in the fellowship of other believers. Now, you can't go down and, you know, you could, but I don't know from a biblical perspective where it fits in. You could go get in your bathtub this morning and baptize yourself. Uh, but that's not what we're called to do. When Jesus says, go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, He's not talking about getting in your bathtub and doing it by yourself. He's talking about doing that publicly. We publicly confess our faith in Christ. Um, and, and we do that together to encourage one another. So baptism, small group, those are all things that the local church um, is designed to oversee. I mean, that's why our church um, exists, is to help people understand how to have a make a faith commitment and then to grow in their faith and, and to help people as they move through these different um, milestones on their, on their faith journey. But it all begins by understanding um, who we are in Christ. It all begins with understanding that this world is not our home. We're here to encourage one another. And just like that thief on the cross in Luke 23, um, we can know with certainty that when we die, we know where we're going, if we're secure in who we are in Christ. Um, for all of those that have called on his name, or who believe that he is God, that he has died for their sins, they have the assurance uh, of eternity, and not just eternity, but life to the full today. And so I want to encourage you to uh, look over uh, these passages today. You can look at Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter uh, 23, and, and look at the interaction with Jesus as he's discussing with people in the crowds who he is, and specifically what he says to this thief on the cross. This leads me to the last passage I wanted to share with you this morning. It's from Matthew um, chapter 28. This is one of the uh, verses that we're going to look at this morning, that every church that would call itself a Christian church um, would reference, uh, that they would be familiar with. Uh, in fact, um, there are some churches that call themselves churches that, that might not necessarily believe this. In fact, 
Um, there's atheist churches out there. There's a lot of churches out there um, that wouldn't focus on this passage. And so, um, so you have to be careful uh, when you're looking for a church. Um, make sure that the Bible is the foundation for all that they say, do, and teach. This is God's inspired word. Um, and so it's foundational for us at Springbrook. But this passage that we're going to look at next uh, from Matthew 28 is one that undergirds and supports our ministry. Uh, it is my life versus I think about um, the purpose that God has for me, uh, not just as a pastor, but as a husband, as a father, you know, and as a witness uh, for Christ. But in Matthew chapter 28, um, Jesus, after he has been crucified uh, and died, he's resurrected. He comes back to life. He appears to the disciples. He's with them for another 40 days before he would ascend um, to heaven. Uh, during that 40 days that he is uh, present with the disciples, um, he tells them to go to Galilee. Um, he wants to spend his last moments with them in Galilee, so they're obedient. Um, they actually go to Galilee in uh, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 19. It says the disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Uh, when they saw him worship, they worshiped him, but some still had doubts. Uh, Jesus came near to them and said, look, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Did you notice that these are disciples? These are men that had been with Jesus. These were men that out of obedience went to Galilee, just like he had told them to do. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but there were some that still doubted. And I just tell you this morning that if you have doubts, that, um, that that's okay. And when you're having conversations with other people about their relationship with Christ, or as you're discussing how to have a relationship with Christ, it's okay for people to have doubts. It's our responsibility as Christ followers to step in and help them to understand um, who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't rebuke him for having doubts. He reassures him. He reassures him with these words. You can trust me. You don't have to have doubts. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's reassuring. Because when I think about this ministry, as I think about what I'm going to say when I'm preaching or when I'm teaching or when I'm leading a small group or when I'm talking to my kids or when I'm talking to anybody about anything, one of the things that gives me confidence and removes my doubt is, is I can trust Jesus. Is who he claimed to be. He had the power to forgive sins because he's God. He overcame death on the cross and was risen from the grave. And that's what we saw in Luke 23. And then that authority that he has has been given to him, and that's where I'm placing my trust, and that is the source of my faith. My faith is not rooted in my ability to find my confidence from other people. Uh, my, the root of my faith is not based on what other people tell me or what I think is true on my own. Uh, the confidence that I have, the faith that I have is rooted in who I am in Christ and what I find in God's Word. And so I just want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, start reading it. This Bible changed my life. It's changed the life of people in my family, in my friends, and our church. And I can't begin to tell you how important it is to be rooted in the Word. And so even if you can't get to church on Sunday morning, if you're sick or if you're traveling, uh, or I just want to encourage you, wherever church that you're going to, there's a lot of people that go to different churches, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, make sure that you're rooted in God's Word. Well, I like what Jesus says um, in verse 19, after he says all authority has been given to him, uh, back in verse 16, he says this, now, now that you know who I am, now that you know all authority comes from, men, uh, from me, he says, I want you to do this. I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe 
everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am always with you to the very end of the age. You know, God's spirit is ever present in our life. You know, one of the great mysteries of the scripture is what we find in the Trinity. The fact that there is one God that exists as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to send to you a counselor. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so we have the Spirit of God that resides in us now if we have a relationship with Christ. If we don't have a relationship with Christ, the Spirit's external. But when we ask Christ into our life, the Holy Spirit comes into us, and we have relationship with him. And I find, uh, you know, when Jesus says, I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age, to the very end, and I'm going to be with you forever, he's referring to his presence as the Holy Spirit. You know, he's God, the Holy Spirit's God, the Father's God, but we have the Spirit of God in us. Jesus is one with the Father. We have the Holy Spirit in there. We know that Christ is going to be with us um, for all eternity. So I just want to encourage you uh, in your small group study or even today um, during your devotion time or if you spend some time in Scripture, look towards the back. There's usually a glossary of words um, you can look at, look up the Holy Spirit, look up Spirit. I encourage you to look at some passages that will help you to better understand um, the role of the Holy Spirit in our life today and what Jesus is referring to here. But I want to focus for a moment on the three um, commands that Jesus gave us. Jesus says, I want you to go and make disciples. The command is to go. The action is to make disciples. And so we are to be, as Christ followers, making disciples not in the church building on Sunday morning, but out in our community. And one of the things that I'm praying for as we go through this um, coronavirus uh, issue, uh, however long it lasts, um, as I enter into the dialogue with people about whether or not we're going to do church services or whether we're going to do live streams like we're doing today, um, I just want to encourage you that um, the business of the church is in our community. And so you were not able to come to this building this morning. But I want to encourage you that you can be the hands and feet in Christ in your home today. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus in your workplace. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus in your school, whether it's seminary or high school, with your friends. You, if you have a relationship with Christ, have been called to be a witness. And that's simply doing nothing more than sharing what Jesus has done in your life with others. That's what Jesus is talking about. While you're out there, make disciples. Discipleship begins by helping people to understand how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're all called um, to do that. And so the business of the church when we come together is to worship God, um, to sing music. I really missed the music this morning. I listened to some music um, before uh, my time together with you this morning. I would encourage you um, to listen to some Christian music. I listen to all different types of music. Um, but there's something about listening to worship songs that will direct your heart towards God that's really important. Um, but I, uh, when I think about our uh, who we are together as a church. Uh, when we come together on Sunday morning, it's about worshiping, it's about preaching and teaching and hearing his word and uh, singing praises to him uh, through our music together. And so there's something special about what happens when we come together. But as Christ followers, we're called to be in our community. Go make disciples. And then when, they, when a person makes a faith commitment, what do they do? They get baptized. They get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the beautiful things about what happens to, when we come together as well. On Sunday morning, we love doing baptism services. And so when somebody makes a faith commitment, we'll encourage them to get baptized. If you've never been baptized uh, since your understanding of who Jesus is, um, I would encourage you to come 
uh, visit Springbrook when we get back open, or you can visit our website, you can visit our webpage, you know, you can email me directly, uh, springbrook.org. Um, you can just find my email address on there. I would love to have coffee with you. I'll wear a mask if, if you've got the coronavirus. I'm not worried about that. I love talking to people about how to have a relationship with Christ. And that's what we want to do when people come into our ministry. We want to help them to be able to understand the fullness of who that is. But we've been called to go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that has been commanded. And we don't like to be told what to do. When we use the word obedience, um, we usually have negative connotations of being corrected. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom, I was a handful. Uh, my mom has since gone to be with the Lord. I miss her dearly. I wish I could tell her every day how much I appreciate um, her and her love for me because I was a handful, but she had to discipline me. <laughs> and so and I didn't like it. But you know what? She came alongside of me. She guided me. She provided me direction. She gave me some boundaries. And I have come to appreciate those boundaries as I've gotten older. And that's what God's word is. It, it provides us boundaries. And so in the context of defining what marriage is, in the context of defining how to have a relationship with him, in the context of how we relate to one another, anything that you want to know about life is contained in this book. And, and unfortunately, there's some boundaries around it if you want to do things your own way. But when you are living in God's will and you are living a path that is based on what we find in scripture, I guarantee you that God is going to bless your socks off. The blessing comes from being in obedience in a relationship um, with him. And so we need to teach people God's word and how to apply it to their lives. And that's what we do on Sunday morning. There's an element of teaching. We want to help them to understand what the Bible says, but then we also want to help them to understand how to apply it to their lives. And that's what we do in our small groups as well. We study God's word together and we talk to one another about how to apply it in our lives. And then we encourage one another because you know what? This Christian walk uh, can be difficult. So I just want to encourage you this morning as you think about um, where you're going to spend your time today. I know that there were several people that made their way to the building. I wish I could be out in the lobby right now. I know there's people that had come in this morning. I'd love the opportunity to pray and uh, talk and dialogue with people. Um, but whatever you find yourself this morning, um, whether you've made your way to an open church uh, or whether you're listening uh, online, uh, either with us at Springbrook, or maybe you're going to listen to some other churches online as well. There's some great ministries that are doing some good work. Uh, with online ministries, I want to encourage you today to understand that it begins with understanding your identity and who you are in Christ. Uh, Jesus is God. That's where we find the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, we know that through our relationship with him, we have the assurance of spending eternity uh, in heaven. That's a promise that Jesus has made. And know that while you're alive today, God has a plan and a purpose for you is reflected in what we find in the Great Commission. We're called to make disciples, uh, to baptize one another, to be a part of a fellowship of believers. Uh, our fellowship of believers at Springbrook uh, is something that excites me. We, we have a fellowship. We have people that come into covenant relationship uh, with Christ and covenant members of Springbrook, and they serve, and they use their gifts, and they give, and they enable this ministry to exist and to be effective. And so I am so grateful for who God's called me to be individually, but also who he's called us to be together as the body of Christ, and we have a purpose um, for teaching others and helping others um, to understand the fullness of who they are in Christ. And so I just want to encourage you today. Um, wherever you find yourself, um, to explore these passages um, a little bit further. If you are a Christ follower and you do have a relationship with Christ, um, 1 Peter, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, you are a royal priesthood. You're a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And you are a part of a people that has been set aside for God's own possession. 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so I want to encourage you these next few weeks, um, if we are have our church doors open, I would love to have you uh, here. I know people travel. would love to have you uh, join us on Sunday mornings. Um, if for some reason um, we decide it is most responsible. Uh, right now we've got two leaders that called me this morning that I know have fevers and are sick. Um, and so right now we don't have any virus in our immediate community, but we are watching and keeping a close eye on that. We do not want to be a part of a problem that brings this virus into a community right next to Del Webb where we have many seniors. We have people in our, in our church community that are going through chemo, that have cancer, that are struggling with illnesses. And we do not want to do anything that would cause them to go before the Lord and meet their maker any sooner than they have to. And so it is with great responsibility we felt the need to close our doors today. And we'll make that evaluation next week as well. But I want to encourage you um, that you do not need to wait for our doors to be open to be the hands of feet in Christ. And so every one of you has an opportunity um, to be a part of this royal priesthood, this holy nation. Uh, you're a part of his possession. And so during this next week, if you have a friend or a neighbor that you know is sick, I would encourage you, um, you can cook them dinner. You can bring them dinner. Um, if you are not feeling well, you can go down to Costa's and get some chicken. Um, I don't know uh, if there's any toilet paper left outside, but you can start calling people around you that you know are in need and ask them, Say, hey, listen, I was listening to the message Sunday, and our pastor encouraged us uh, to reach out to people in need. And so I just want to call and see if there's anything that you need. You can be the hands of Peter Christ to anybody that is in your circle of influence that you know is uh, in need, whether they're sick, whether they're hurting, or whether they have financial needs. Um, if we can help you in that process, um, you can let us know. But I want to encourage you, um, even in the midst of this chaos, um, to look for opportunities to be the hands of Peter Christ. Look for opportunities to serve the needs of people around you. Uh, if you want some help with that, like I mentioned, uh, Pastor Matt and I will be putting together some resources for you in this next week. Um, Lord willing, I'm hoping to be with you on Sunday. Uh, but if we're not together, we'll do some things uh, like coupled with what we're doing today. And we want to resource you for how God might use you um, through this uh, horrific time. And I just want to thank you for logging in. I saw many of you. Uh, we're on our Zoom call today, Instagram, Facebook. We got some good uh, participation this morning. Um, we will save a copy of this message. Um, we'll post this a little bit later on YouTube and uh, VMO. And then we'll also upload it to our website um, to listen to sermons uh, later as well. But I just want to encourage you um, to look for opportunities to study these passages and more importantly, put them into practice uh, in your life. I just want to thank you for uh, being with us today. I wish I had some songs or some music that I could play with you to send you out with. <laughs> so after we get done, uh, you can listen to some songs, uh, encourage people that are around you. Uh, but I just want to thank you um, for uh, being with uh, me this morning. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness uh, in your giving, in your serving, and for allowing us to be a part of what God has for us together uh, in our community. <laughs> Would you pray with me as we bring our time to a close? Hey, Father, I just want to thank you uh, for this day you've given us today. And uh, I just thank you for technology. Uh, there are some days when I wake up and I just think, you know what, I need to delete my Facebook account. Um, there's days when I find uh, I'm grateful that my phone tells me when I've spent too much time on my phone. Um, God, I know that technology uh, plays a role, um, but God, help us not to be overly dependent on us, on it. Uh, God, help us not to allow technology to be a distraction for understanding the fullness of who we are relationally with you. Uh, and relationally with one another. 
um, God, I've got many Facebook friends, uh, but man, when I am in need, when I need somebody to pray for me or when I need to come alongside and encourage somebody else, Facebook just does not work. And so I just appreciate the technology, the way that it pulls us together. Uh, but God, I just thank you for the time that we've been able to spend uh, this, together this morning. Uh, but I also know that the passages that we've studied, as people step back and listen to them and reflect on them and look for opportunities to put them into place in their life. God, that's where the relationship with you is going to be deepened as we study and look for opportunities to apply these passages together. And that's where this body of Christ is going to be strengthened. And God, we need to be in community. And so I thank you for the time that we could share together this morning uh, on this live broadcast. I look forward to the time that we can be together uh, soon, uh, together on Sunday mornings. I am so grateful for our 2025 small group leaders that have made themselves available to study and live out God's word together. So I'm just grateful for our ministry, our ministry team leaders, our small group leaders. God, we have so much um, uh, that you have blessed us with. And God, that uh, my heart is just filled with gratitude. I just pray for those um, this morning that are in fear. Um, God, I know that um, there's a lot of things that we can be in fear of, but we know that our peace is found in you. I thank you for the security of knowing that all authority has been given to you. God, I thank you for the security that knowing God has a plan. <laughs> And I uh, thank you for um, the opportunity we have to encourage one another that we might not be uh, thrown here and there by the things that are going on around us, but that we can be focused on, on you. And so I just thank you for the opportunity to encourage one another. And so God, just remove our fear. And then I also pray this morning for those that are hurting, that are suffering, that are ill, that are in pain. Um, God, I know that, um, that you are a God that loves us. And I'm just grateful that you don't leave us in those situations by yourself. And so anybody that is experiencing any of those things this morning, I pray that your spirit would surround them and give them a sense of your presence. I pray that your spirit would fill them. They, they might know that you love them and that you care about them and that you would lead them with wisdom and clarity. Psalm 23 says that you don't leave us in the valley of the shadow of the valley of death, that you lead us through it. You are with us. You are with us in our pain and our suffering and our uncertainty. And so, God, I just pray that we would be able to experience the full reality of that um, in this church, in our lives individually and collectively as this body of Christ, and that that would be uh, an encouragement to the people around us. And so, God, we lift this day up to you. We lift this week up to you. We look forward to all that you have for us. And uh, we commit all these things to you for your glory and your glory alone. We put all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, thanks for uh, being with me. I'm going to save these things. Uh, feel free to share with your friends, and I look forward to having conversations with you about what God's doing in your life. You can go to springbrook.org slash my story. I'd love to hear any stories that you have about what God's doing in your life as we go through this time together. Thanks for being with us today, and I hope you have a great day.